Greetings and welcome to Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras. I'm Ben Collins. This program focuses on the great stories of the Vedic tradition, and this week we're going to talk about Minakshi, a form of the Divine Mother associated with the city of Madurai in Tamil Nadu, South India. And also, we'll tell the story, the famous story, of Kanagi and the jeweled anklets. As always, the show is presented by Pujanet, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T, your Vedic resource on the web, where you'll find our new podcast, Jyotish Conversations, which is about Jyotish for non-astrologers. Just talking about the principles and techniques behind this great art in a way that's completely accessible. So check it out. Minakshi is an interesting manifestation of the Divine Mother. She's the sister of Vishnu and the wife of Shiva, and is popular mostly in South India because of the great temple of Madurai. As usual, there's a pretty good, and in this case, very unusual story behind it. Once upon a time, there was a demon who had grown very old, and a degree of spiritual realization had dawned. And so he started to meditate and do yoga practices. He continued this on his own, quietly, for many years, until one day he came to the attention of Indra, the king of the gods. Well, Indra can be a little impulsive, and he killed the old demon without thinking, mostly because that's a lot of what he does, just kills demons. But it's a big, big mistake to kill someone who is sincerely on the spiritual path, and this karma reached Indra, and he suddenly found himself as an ordinary being here on earth. Well, Indra wandered around for some time, going from temple to temple, working to build up enough merit to get back into heaven, when he suddenly started to experience a sense of purification. He was in a forest at the time, and he searched for the source of this good feeling, eventually finding it emanating from a Shivalingam. After staying there for some time to absorb the purifying atmosphere, Indra built a temple on that spot, and Shiva came to fully restore him to his previous status as the king of gods. About 2,000 years ago, King Kulashekara of the Pandya dynasty heard about this small temple and decided to enlarge it, and he did, and then built a lotus-shaped city around it. The story goes that Shiva himself attended the dedication of the city and blessed the land with divine honey, Madhu, and so the city originally was known as Madurapuri, which was gradually shortened to just Madurai. The successor of the king, Malaya Dwaja, and his uh, wife, Kanchanmala, were without a male heir and performed many, many yagyas to obtain a son. One day, much to his surprise, out from the Yagya flames came a small child. But it was not a son. In fact, it was a three-year-old girl who, surprisingly enough, had three breasts. As you might imagine, the king and his wife were quite surprised and more than a little afraid because, after all, the child had suddenly appeared out of the fire and, rather than an infant, was already three years old. But a divine voice spoke to them and instructed the king to name her Tatatiki and to raise her as a son. It was also mentioned that her third breast would be absorbed when she met her husband, Lord Shiva. 
First of all, that had to be a pretty cool time to be alive, and even more so because, as instructed, while Ayodhya raised her as if a boy and taught her all of the arts of ruling a kingdom judiciously. She was also quite a warrior, and when the king died she ruled the kingdom successfully for many, many years. At one point, when she was still quite young, she embarked on a Digvijaya, a military campaign that took her to the corners of India. Eventually she arrived in the north and was so full of her military prowess that she attacked Mount Kailash, Shiva's home. She easily defeated most of his soldiers and generals, and when he heard about this, Shiva came to see who this warrior woman was. Knowing that she was so fierce, he chose to appear to her in his Sundeshwara form, the sublime embodiment of beauty. As soon as she saw him, of course, she knew that he was to be her husband, and that was confirmed because her third breast was reabsorbed into her body. Shiva asked her to return to Madurai and said that he would join her in eight days' time, which he did. They were, of course, married, and that event was suitably grand. At the celebration, all the gods and goddesses refused to eat their food until Shiva performed a dance, the dance of the cosmos, for his wife. He did so, and that dance is what you see in the Nataraj, or Lord of the Dance statue, that we are all so familiar with. According to the written stories of the time, Shiva and Parvati ruled the city together for a long time in human form. As you might imagine, that time is immortalized in many ways in the literature of Madurai. Shiva performed sixty-four miracles, which are recorded in the stories called Halasya Mahatmyam, and are illustrated in many beautiful paintings on the walls of the Madurai temple. There is also a funny Tamil folk song that tells many stories about the two, especially making light of how Parvati patiently solves the problems of the universe that her well-meaning husband creates, even if rather inadvertently. One verse says, Shiva wanders through the courtyard of space, destroying your work again and again, and then comes before you dancing. You never get angry. Every day you just pick up the vessels. Historically, the entire city was destroyed by a huge fire, and that event is recorded in the epic poem called the Silapatkaram, the story of the jeweled anklets. It was first written down in the 5th century, but has, had already existed for countless generations as a folk tale. The short version of the story is that there once was a son of a wealthy merchant by the name of Kovalam, who married Kanagi, a beautiful young daughter of another wealthy merchant. They lived very happily together for some time until one day at a festival. Kovalan met a dancer by the name of Madhavai. The foolish boy fell in love head over heels with Madhavai and spent all his money on her. Well, eventually, of course, his money ran out, and so did Madhavai's interest in Kovalan, and he returned home penniless and went to look for his wife. After some time she accepted him back, but their only possession was a pair of expensive anklets. And they decided to journey to Madurai in order to re-establish their fortune, and after arriving there he went to the market to sell one of the anklets. Unbeknownst to him, the queen had been robbed of one of her own anklets by a crooked jeweler. 
When Covalon wandered into the jeweler's shop wanting to sell the anklet, he was not prepared for what happened next. The jeweler seized the anklet and reported to the king that the innocent Covalon was the culprit. As one might expect, the king's guards came and arrested him immediately, and under direct orders from the king, Covalon was summarily executed. The poetry of this tale is very moving, and it reminds one of the endings to Shakespeare's Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet. It's just tragedy layered over tragedy. And here's the end of the story as Kanagi arrives in Madurai after learning that her husband has been unjustly accused of a crime and already killed. Is there a god here? Is there a god in this city of Madurai where the sword of a king has slain an innocent man? Is there a god here? Is there a god? Lamenting thus, she clasped her husband's breast, and it seemed that he rose to his feet and said, The full moon of your face has faded, and he stroked her face with his hands. She fell to the ground, sobbing and crying, and clasped her husband's feet with her bangled hands, and he left behind his human form and went surrounded by the gods. I will not join my lord until my great wrath is appeased. I will see this cruel king and ask for explanation. And she stood on her feet, her large eyes full of tears, and wiping her eyes she went to the gate of the palace. Kanagi was admitted to the king's present. Cruel king, this I must say. My lord Kovalan came to Madurai to earn wealth, and today you have slain him as he sold my anklet. Lady, said the king, it is the kingly justice to put to death an errant thief. Then Kanagi showed her anklet to the king. On comparing it carefully with the remaining anklet of the pair belonging to the queen, he realized that Kovalan had been innocent. When he saw it, the sun umbrella fell from his hand, and he dropped his scepter. I am no king, he said, who have heeded the words of a goldsmith. I am the thief. For the first time I have failed to protect my people. Now may I die. And he fell to the ground dead. With narrowed eyes, Kanagi said to the queen, I have always been true to my husband, and I will not suffer this city to flourish, but I will destroy it as the king is destroyed. You will see that my words are true. And with these words she left the palace, and cried out through that city, Men and women of great Madurai of the four temples, listen, listen, gods in heaven, listen to me, holy sages. I curse the capital of the king, who's cruelly wronged my beloved husband. With her own hand she tore the left breast from her body. Three times she surveyed the city of Madurai, calling her curse in bitter agony, and then she flung her breast down on the street. Everywhere she looked, fire sprung up, as if to give form to her curse, and it consumed the city block by block, home by home. None were safe from the fire of her wrath. The gods who guarded the city closed their doors. The high priest, the astrologer, the judges, the treasurer, and the learned counselors, the palace servants and the maids stood silent and still as painted pictures. The elephant riders and the horsemen, the charioteers and the foot soldiers, 
with her terrible swords, all fled from the fire, which raged at the gate of the royal palace. And the street of the sellers of grain, and the streets of the chariots, and the four quarters of the four classes were filled with confusion, and were quickly consumed in flames as the city burned like a forest on fire. Finally, Minakshi, the goddess of the city, came to ask her to please, please calm down before the entire kingdom was destroyed. And Kanagi returned to a hillside on the outskirts of town, where she sat in silent meditation until she died some days later and joined her husband in heaven. So the city of Madurai has always been a place of drama. In my own case, I visited there once and went into the inner sanctum for Arti at the Manakshi temple with no problem, but during the second visit the guards said I would not be admitted. Why? I asked. Because you are not Hindu, was the explanation. Of course I am, I said. I'm wearing a dhoti, I practice mantras, I've been a Hindu for most of my life. You must be born a Hindu, said the god, with... I perceived a touch of smugness at the seeming perfection of his argument. Converted Hindus are not allowed. Well, I asked him, all these people coming in, how can you tell me that some of them weren't born Muslim or Christian? You can't know who was born a Hindu and who wasn't. Well, he's looking just a little uncomfortable now, and I'm thinking, ha, ah, I'm making progress. So you'll risk them coming in, but not me. In fact... Your only clue is my white skin, so you're not letting me in just because I'm white? Well, I almost had him. There was a moment when he saw the reasonableness of my argument. But unfortunately for me, that moment passed, and he slammed the gate, saying, Your cleverness will not gain you entry. In fairness to the temple, you can usually go to the office, talk to them, and buy a special access ticket, and you'll get in with no problem. The intent is that the inner sanctum should not be a tourist attraction, which I do happen to agree with. But there's always just a little drama in Madurai. So for chanting this week, we have to start with Minakshi Pancharatnam, about Minakshi, the goddess of Madurai. And then we'll continue with Kamakshi Stotram, which if you'll recall, Akshi means eyes, and Kama is enjoyment. So Kamakshi is she who gives great pleasure at a glance. And she is the main goddess in Kanchipuram, south of Madras. And that'll be all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Pushpa Prabhava Surah 
ಅನಂತಜನಸುಖಾಕಾರಾ ಮಹಾಯೋಗಿನೀ ಮಾಯಾ ವಿಶ್ವವಿಮೋಹಿನೀ ಚಿತ್ತೇ 